as God intended. Let's go. probably had a good feeling in the 1980s. We were at the height of USA, USA. You remember that? Remember when we used to do that chant very proudly as Americans? We were launching shuttles into space and watching them fly back to Earth. The dream of the flying car was alive and well, right? We could be the Jetsons you know, still have all our freedom and all of this wonderful technology and all the hijinks and antics of a wonderful family life, you know, dog Astro, daughter Judy, Elroy, my boy, Jane, our wife, right? We could could have all of that. You probably were in love with the music. Duran Duran, the, the, the... British Invasion, Pet Shop Boys, Boy George, when that was cool, right? Oh, my goodness. And, you know, and then, of course, Madonna comes in and ruins a whole generation of girls with uh, Material Girl. But that's a whole nother tangent. You know, there were so many good things going on. You know, we were we had reached the peak of our post-World War II status in the world you know we were the good guys we were going to make everything right no matter where we went it was justified you know it was just it was this golden lie that we were enjoying at the time in the 1980s something else was happening we were seeing a dramatic advancement of technology that had been in developed post operation paperclip the bringing of those nazi scientists over. By the 1980s, we had started seeing the influx of the promise of feeding the whole world with genetically modified foods, right? This will lower pesticide uses. Everybody that's worried about spraying all these pesticides all over the world, this will certainly lower pesticide usage. Pesticide usage skyrockets, glyphosate skyrockets, because that was never the intention to lower pesticide usage. It was to use more why would you want to cut your own revenue streams, right? We see along with that, the modification of bacteria. And this is something we started bringing you last year. You know, my research and, and of course, my wonderful research team that, that I'm so grateful for. We go into the areas that are uncomfortable. We go in and we ask questions. So we started, you know, with the with with just the whole methylation issue. Now, you know, it's not a, again. It's never about who's first and really who gives it. S H I, and I'll put a T on the end of that. You know about any of that stuff? Nobody does. You know, we were we were the first to kind of figure that out. That 
Um, and this was great thanks to Dr. Judy Mikovits and conversations that I had with her, you know, about what was going on, what we were seeing in the first attempts to help people who were dramatically injured by these damn shots and the going, look, I don't know what is going on with these shots. I know they're horrible. I know you should never champion co-opting normal cell function to produce a venomous and venom venom inspired compound spike glycoprotein i think that's a terrible idea to teach the cells how to produce something so horrific to the cell you know why would you teach the cell to produce something that can kill it that doesn't make sense but that was the intention when things don't make sense they do you just have to suspend altruism compassion morals ethics and in their place, take selfishness, greed, vanity, and psychopathic tendencies. You, when, you, when you swap those things out, logic flows right back in, typically. Well, in the first go-rounds, we started learning. We're like, what is going on with this, this issue? And we stumbled, quite frankly, you know, some work I was doing with some people who were severely injured, we stumbled upon methylation being a major issue, that if you had a methylation issue, you were not going to be able to make sure your DNA was protected and it makes your DNA much more susceptible to being genetically modified, right? Did they perform those tests? Did they do those checks on people to say, hey, you aren't really eligible for these damn shots if you are uh, 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 methyl tetrahydrofolate? Well, MTHFR reductase um, disorder, if you cannot methylate properly, then you're not eligible because the likelihood of genetic modification skyrockets. So this was the first major problem that we came across, right? Like, then we start doing some more work along those lines and we find that CRISPR is involved. Um, CRISPR is a genetic modification tool that allows them to precisely cut. And in this case, do cut both strands of the DNA to re- to put in whatever they code they want, to modify the code God gave us so that they could become little demigods, little psychopathic demigods in our own DNA, right? That one, we said, look, we need to really make sure there's a nutrient series we need to make sure we have going on in the body, and we need to make sure we also are fasting. This is where you hear me talking a lot. If you go back through the archives, you hear me talking a lot about fasting. And I still talk a lot about fasting today. This is without a doubt, the most potent medicine in the world. You know, everyone wants a drug, you know, to, you know, fix them. (laughs) Well, the drug is already in your body. It's called autophagocytosis. And by fasting, you engage it. When you're hungry, you are healing. Well, this is fantastic. We have something naturally and free at our disposal, right? Remember, make sure you're using the free medicines. The free medicines, why would you not use them? They're free. Well, we don't take things for granted from because they're free. We take them for gratitude because they're free. These are gifts from God. Well, we start doing a little bit more research and uh, we start getting into plasmids. Um, And right around that same time, we, you know, I got some people who were like, hey, we really need you to look at the the Johnson and Johnson and AstraZeneca shot. They're different than this, these damn 
Pfizer and Moderna. By the way, congratulations, Pfizer, on winning the freaking Super Bowl. Like, that wasn't predictable. You know, Taylor Swift starts dating Travis Kelce, your freaking poster boy sellout, you know, starts dating him right before the season starts. Yeah, that's not planned at all. Then we got devil worshiping signs up in the booth at the Super Bowl. That's not predictable at all. Oh, and by the way, the Chiefs, Travis Kell's team, just happens to win the Super Bowl. You know, come on, people, right? This is the illusion of competition. Way to go, Pfizer. Way to pay for and way to buy a Super Bowl victory. Way to go, Pfizer. Congratulations. Well, we start looking at the N1-methylated problems, uh, N1-methylated pseudouridine problems that Pfizer and Moderna's shots are creating. We start looking at the adenoviral vector platform with plasmids, and we start seeing that plasmids are used for the creation of both, and it just becomes this, this nightmare. So the question becomes, well, what's going on in the body? And this is where we came out last year with my whole conversation, my, my lectures, and you can get them on freaking they're free out there on uh, rumble but talking about pseudouridine talking about prolonged um interferon production in the body right the body will produce interferon to block viral replication if the body is producing interferon for an extended period of time it'll start to activate pseudouridine enzymes in the body pseudouridine enzymes activated will change our transfer RNA, the, the, the workers in the assembly of protein in the cell. And when that changes, it starts leading to massive errors in protein synthesis and, and reading and, and the putting the, you know, like the, the body, the mRNA will say, hey, we need a methionine amino acid and a lysine and then another methionine. But what the body will produce, what the cell will produce is like a phenylalanine and then a methionine, and then a, a and then a isoleucine. You know, I mean, it just there's massive errors in protein synthesis. When you get errors in protein synthesis, how how amino acids are arranged, then you get massive errors in shape. When you get massive errors in shape, you get breakdown of function. So we go, okay, we found another big piece of this pie. Here. Then we start looking at, of course, the issue of plasmids um, transfecting the microbiome, and we start unearthing colony collapse and going, okay, we're seeing what Dr. Sabine Hazan is seeing, you know, colony collapse, particularly in bifidobacterium, but not restricted to only bifidobacterium. We're seeing colony collapse, meaning that there, there's just no more of those bacteria within the microbiome that we've tested. And how could that happen? Well, when a genetically modified bioweapon E. coli or yeast you know, transfers that bioweapon plasmid over to another um, another microorganism, either the microorganism is going to be able to sustain it and become infected itself, or it's going to, you know, die off. And so that it starts explaining colony collapse. So we start explaining these phenomena. But there was one phenomenon that has really been perplexing us, and we I'm not suggesting that we have solved this phenomenon, but we're we're honing in, I feel like. And it, I'm at a place where I can share that with you today. The next major threat, the next major obstacle in the recovery potential for everyone who's severely injured, and uh, you know, we've been very fortunate, mild and moderate injuries. We've one of the few people in the world that I have confirmed cases of recovery, right? 
but the severe uh, injuries are the ones that really have my heart, you know. Um, and I know so many of these people and what they go through, what they struggle, and it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking, you know, watching the devastation that these lies and these bioweapons have become upon them. You know, so we start saying, well, what do we need to do to heal? Well, we, we need to use the free medicines. We need to make sure we know how to purify water. Got a great follow-up show coming up soon on that. We got our lab results back. And I'll just tell you this, 100% success. All right. The way we are teaching you to purify your water works. Well, we start teaching these things. And of course, I developed this art of cellular healing, which if you're interested, go to energetichealthinstitute.org. It starts uh, Friday. Um, we're going to be talking about safe usage of the phone. I just shot a bunch of videos proving what's going on with our phones and how to best minimize it. Um, you know, we are going to be talking about frequencies. We're going to be talking about wavelengths of light. We're going to be talking about the things that our enemy talks about in their peer-reviewed literature. It's not science fiction. It's science fact. What we're going to be talking about, everything I say i can prove that's always my promise i don't say anything unless i can prove it so you know we start seeing dr anna malaysia um publishing on these blinking dots and then we start getting some confirmations from people of other groups that are seeing similar things around the world it's like okay there's something here and the first inclination is to go okay is this just more conspiracy theory crap because we've been so conditioned to just be dismissive Instead of curious, we've been so conditioned to be dismissive and vilify people who are bringing different ideas than just to be curious. Well, what do they got? We saw this with Dr. Artis and the whole talk about, you know, the spike glycoprotein being inspired by venoms, but then he gets proven right. We see in this with Dr. Anna Malaysia as well. Blinking dots. Well, did she make those up? No, she didn't. Those are called quantum dots. And now, because I've been studying them for about two months, I can explain to you, and I'm going to take the attempt of explaining to you in, in a way that you can understand today, what they are, how they've been used, how they've been around for 30, 40 years. This isn't some new, like, oh, look at this wackadoodle, there's blinking dots in the blood, oh, she's full of it. No, 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 no. She stumbled upon to something. So this is this is what's called divine intervention. When you accidentally see something that they didn't want you to see, and you see it blinking, it's actually interesting. The color of the um, dot will tell us the size of the dot. I mean, it's crazy, folks. But what it comes down to is we've seen a basic attack on the fundamentals of physiology and biochemistry by these evil bastards, these people that want to reduce the population by 6 billion because they've decided, right? Because they are the masters of, of these demigods. They're the demigods of this domain, and they've decided 6 million, six, excuse me, 6 billion people got to go, okay? Who made you God? Well, you know who made them God? We did. We gave them all this money for being evil, no accountability. Why wouldn't they have a God complex? They never get in trouble for killing people. Why wouldn't you have a God complex if you never get in trouble 
for taking, 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 being greedy, being a criminal and killing people. Why wouldn't you have a God plot complex? Who made them demigods? We did. We celebrate this psychopathic billionaire by the name, I'll just say he's got the initials B and G. He's celebrated. He's got to be smart, doesn't have no degree, but he's got all the intelligence required to be a medical doctor globally, apparently. That is to say, he has enough money to buy enough sellouts to write enough BS words, put them on paper, and promote them because the greatest criminals, the, the most diabolical criminals, wear suits and ties, folks. So I'm studying these quantum dots. And that's going to be today's focus. I'm going to give you an introduction to quantum dots, another bioweapon threat. We've discussed plasmids. We've discussed N1-methylated pseudouridine. We've discussed weaponized microbiomes, uh, genetically modified bio microbiomes. We've discussed genetically modifying the cell. We've discussed the spike glycoprotein. We have another threat. We've discussed, we've discussed blue light, even. My goodness. We kind of have figured out why they want to do that, why they want to put those chemtrails up in the morning and the evening and block the predominantly red light wavelength because red light activates cytochrome C in the mitochondria, which helps mitochondria produce energy better and energy helps the cell heal, helps the cell detox and get the stuff out. So we, we understand what's going on, but they've attacked the fundamentals healers. What are the fundamentals? Gas exchange. People are suffocating on oxygen. They've attacked the fundamentals. What are the fundamentals? Healthy microbiomes that we are supposed to be in symbiosis with our microbiome, not our microbiome fighting against us. They have attacked the fundamentals, protein synthesis, DNA integrity. They have attacked the fundamentals. And now we found another fundamental of biochemistry that they're attacking right now. And I'm going to make it really simple for you and call it electron theft. That's what quantum dots do. Every single major redox reaction, which is a cell signaling how the cells communicate with each other and within themselves. Every single redox reaction, every basic function of the cell requires energy launching that whole energy production cascade and involved throughout are the use of electrons your body is a bioelectric organism that's what your body is you are a being of light but your body is a bioelectric device capable of holding you carrying you being in symbiosis with you as a being of light so what happens if they attack oxygen, carbon dioxide, gas exchange? What happens if they attack the microbiome and weaponize it? What happens if they attack protein synthesis? What happens if they attack the foundation electron transfer? Then you get deficits and errors within the cell that ultimately lead to the cell dying or changing its shape a.k.a. cancer, or the body attacking itself, a.k.a. autoimmunity. 
and all under the plausible, deniable guise of it wasn't us. We didn't do that. It must have been the sun. Let's blame the sun. Let's blame cholesterol. Let's blame the meat and climate change. Let's blame all these other things that had nothing to do with it and not have you look objectively at the most obvious things hiding in plain sight. We write back with more Looking for Healing Radio and Quantum Dots, an introduction right after these messages. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's foreign protein cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. All right, healers, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, my goodness. Just two quick shout outs. Number one, first big shout out to Global Healing. Uh, folks, if you have not checked out, if you have a family member that is dealing with, you know, cancer, some major disease process going on that nobody can figure out and they got the shots or they didn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. If they're dealing with a major disease process, then that's telling us that protein synthesis is disrupted. All right. And if that's going on, that means that mitochondria are going to be greatly impacted in a bad way. It's going to be a really bad situation for those mitochondria. So Dr. Group and I put together an awesome formula called Ultimate Cellular Health. Okay. Again, that's Ultimate Cellular Health. It's got all the peer-reviewed key nutrients in it to help restore and optimize protein synthesis at a cell level. And I'm going to tell you, whether you're dealing with a major diagnosis like cancer or something or not, POTS, right? It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. This is an important formula to make sure it's a part of your healing regimen. Super important. That's ultimate cellular health inspired by my, yours truly, Dr. Henry Ely. Make sure you go and check it out. It is essential. We put, we put it together specifically for these situations of helping to correct protein synthesis errors. If I had cancer, if I had something going on, I would be taking it every single day. And here's a little trick. I don't have any of those things going on. 
And I still take it every day as a preventative. And you can too. Go to globalhealing.com, put in promo code OUTLOUD, O-U-T-L-O-U-D, get 15% off and check out their whole catalog. But make sure you check out Ultimate Cellular Health inspired by Dr. Henry Ely. Also, starting up this Friday, the 16th of February, is going to be our Art of Cellular Healing edition, where we are bringing new stuff to the table. This is our third run of this course, and every single time we add new stuff, whatever our, the whole research team is checking out, we delve and dive into, and we bring it to the table before anybody else, folks. So we're going to be talking about purification of water. We have confirmation of that. That's the easy stuff we started talking about last year. But now we have confirmation of what is going on with cell phones and strategies that you can use to make sure you're minimizing greatly, minimizing your exposure to radio frequencies, high-level radio frequencies, to magnetic fields and to electric fields we know and i prove i can we shot just shot videos on this can't wait to get that stuff out um to everyone so there's going to be fantastic stuff so go to um energetichealthinstitute.org go to our certification page our programs page right at the top and you'll see artists say your healing certification this is your chance for anybody who wants to work directly with me as a student who wants to have more insight and have me be able to see what's going on with you and give some ideas some you know, from an educational perspective so that you can get on with the business of helping your body heal. We're going to do it. We're going to be talking a lot about the importance of grounding. We're going to be talking about that today in segment three, but we're going to be talking a lot about grounding. We're going to be talking a lot about what you can do, focusing always first on what's free. So we set up a healing environment for you and your body. And it doesn't matter whether the, sh the what you're dealing with is by the shot or not by the shot. If you have a major issue going on and you want to learn how to be a part of your own healing process, you come and study with me at the Energetic Health Institute in our Art of Cellular Healing program. I would love to have you and you don't need to have any major knowledge of your body or health or healing to be able to do it. If you want to, if you're a professional and you want to get these skills and learn how to work with people using what we've amassed in our research team, I mean, we're talking a massive amount of research um, and see what's working, then you come in and study with me too. We'd love to have you. So go to energetichealthinstitute.org, check out the art of cellular healing. And uh, yeah, folks, it's definitely something that you're going to want to be a part of. Okay. So we'll see you on Friday. Okay, so getting into quantum dots. Okay, the first thing I want to do is give you a little background right now. And then we're going to get into a much more important part called toxicology. And then next segment, I want to talk about what we are exploring to deal with this, because there's two real dominant thoughts right now in terms of how electromagnetic frequencies, EMFs, you know, really charge up these quantum dot semiconductors. Okay. Um, one is to shield the electromagnetic frequencies. And I'm going to tell you, I've been testing so much stuff on shielding. I have yet to see anything that works. I do have two products coming in that I did see some testing on that I'm, I want to recreate, but those look like they're promising. But I just think it's not realistic. And it's certainly not realistic from a cost standpoint and not realistic from just a a daily exposure standpoint to drive yourself crazy going, I've got a block, I've got a block, I've got a shield, all of these frequencies that I'm getting. No, it's ridiculous. 
What if it's easier than that? So what we're exploring right now is earthing or grounding. And as your body gets really, really charged up by these frequencies coming into you, and especially as those frequencies are focused as you hold your phone, we're going to give you some specific things in the art of cellular healing to make sure it's like, hey, this is definitely do not do this with your phone. Do not do this with your computer. Make sure, you know, we're going to have a detailed list for everybody. And it's going to be like, hey, this is where we begin our journey. We've got to get into a healthier use of technology. Um, you know, this is, there's so many variables, but they they interlace. And that's what makes this so insidious and, and not really insidious, so diabolical, is that they interlace and these bastards know that they interlace. So I'm going to read some things to you, okay? Um, straight out of this book. Now, this book I'm, I'm reviewing right now. It's a collection of peer-reviewed essays uh, and papers on quantum dots. Each paper has at least 140 um, peer-reviewed references. So, I mean, this is the book of, the, of books right now on quantum dots. The uh, book is called um, Application of Quantum Dots in Biology and Medicine, Recent Advances. It's published by Springer. It was published in 2000. Mm. Of course, they don't put a date on here. That's been interesting. Oh, there it is, 2022. Yeah, published in 2022. Okay, so first thing I wanted I want to get into is that size matters. Okay, and what we're talking about are very small, um, small physical substances, uh, quantum dots. So quantum dots are going to be measured on a nanometer scale, typically two to 10 nanometers in diameter, but actually it can go from one to 100 nanometers. Now, kidneys are going to filter out what's not supposed to be in the body, right? So we can urinate a lot of stuff out. Um, kidneys are going to be able to get things that are under 60 to 70 nanometers in size out. But if it's a little bit bigger, it's not going to be able to get it out. All right, that's going to have to go out through the gallbladder and through the feces. The thing is, though, the larger these quantum dots are, one, the easier they are to find. And number two, the more ineffective they are. It's the smaller they are, the better they get for this reason. Remember I said electron theft. A quantum dot is going to, in most cases, be a heavy metal, a toxic heavy metal as the core. So imagine a small sphere, let's say two, three, four nanometers in diameter, very, very small covered in a casing like uh, selenium or something like that, an actual something to use. Why do they do that? Well, they do that because cadmium, if they didn't cover it, the body would reject it. The body wouldn't, be, wouldn't try to incorporate it into its structure. So what happens is it's kind of a Trojan horse kind of thing going on from a cellular perspective. If you just put a cadmium as a quantum dot into the body somehow via inhalation, via, and that's some of what's coming out of these damn cancer chemtrails, 
in the sky or via water. And that's what's that's why we're so adamant about making sure we can purify the water before you drink it. And of course, now with the air and the water being toxic, it's going to ultimately find its way into the soil and find its way into food, which is why, hey, you got to do the best you can. And the best we can right now is the best we can do is growing our own food. But the step before that for a lot of people is simply going organic, right? We have to make sure we're eating organically. All right. It's just going to cut out so many bioweapon exposures. Well, um, these quantum dots as semiconductors absorb energy, absorb photons. And when they absorb photons, they create a charge. Now they are, because they're a heavy metal, a little charged positively as well. But as we know, opposites attract, right? So when you have this little dot, this little heavy metal dot in your body, it's going to be a positive charge, which means it's going to attract negative charge. And what is an electron? An electron is a negative charge. So this positive charge, quantum dot, is going to attract electrons, but it's going to lock them into what is called a quantum confinement field, meaning that once they get in there, without some external frequency, without some greater pull, they are staying locked in to that particular quantum dot. It's essentially electron theft. And with electrons comes electricity, and thus a building of what is called photoluminescence, or the ability to blink specific colors. So when you're looking at Dr. Anna Malaysia's work, she's showing you something blinking. That thing she's showing you that's blinking, in all likelihood, is a quantum dot. Now, there's some things that I want you to know about these quantum dots. I'm reading through the first one. And I think the big message uh, is that the core is toxic. So it has to be wrapped in a shell of some sort, um, sulfur or selenium. And typically the core is cadmium in most instances. But it can be wrapped in selenium or zinc or sulfur. And when it gets wrapped, enveloped, coated in those minerals, the body, the cell will read those minerals and go, oh, that's good. That's just a big old thing of selenium. That's a big old thing of zinc. Hey, let's come on, bring, come on into the cell. And then the, the body starts to utilize that zinc and that zinc starts to wear away. And guess what gets left? That's right. The heavy metal, the cadmium. And then that cadmium starts embedding itself within the cell structure. So you can see this is a big, big problem. Now, why are they using quantum dots? Well, they're using them for the last 40 years for imaging predominantly. But these are some of the things that they're hoping to be able to do with them. I'm going to read from here. Quantum dots have been designed in many biological applications, i.e. diagnosis of disease, single protein tracking, drug delivery, intracellular, uh, and therapeutic. Of course, they never explain how they're therapeutic. Because of the unique physical, optical, and exciting electrical properties of quantum dots, meaning they steal electrons from the cells, electrons that the cell needs to run itself, they are extensively applied in other applications such as diagnostics, bioimaging, that's a big one, 
all right? Because gadolinium is a, essentially a quantum dot. Whenever you're drinking contrast to get an image performed, that's quantum dots. You're drinking quantum dots, a uh, huge concentration of them. Uh, they're extensively applied in other applications such as diagnostics, bioimaging, tissue engineering, cancer, cancer treatment, really? Photothermal therapy, biosensing, and especially drug delivery. Due to the high photostability and less photo bleaching properties of quantum dots are used as fluorescence probes for all types of labeling studies in cell marking. Nowadays, the cell core shell structure has opened a excellent window of research to use in broad fields such as catalysts, optics, electronics, biomedical, pharmaceutical, and drug delivery. In the field of diagnosis, magnetic resonance imaging, MRIs, optical and nuclear imaging based upon the optical properties of fluorescent quantum dots seem to be the critical imaging techniques. Recent progress in surface modification and bioconjugation have expanded their use as suitable probes for live cell applications. The development of multifunctional nanoparticle probes based upon semiconductors now used widely in vitro as well as in vivo in terms of quantum dot distribution, biodistribution, excuse me, vascular imaging, tracking, and tumor imaging. One of the most critical applications of quantum dots is cancer detection, diagnosis, management, and treatment. Never mind you that... Uh, of course, quantum dots lead to cancer, definitively. So what are we saying here? They think they're doing something good, but they're not. What they're doing is setting the cell up for total destruction because they want to see what's going on in the secret universe of the cell, or at least that would be the altruistic thing. We both know that's not the ultimate We write back with more Looking for Healing Radio, and we'll finish up with quantum dots and their toxicity, because that's where I really want to get to you um, in the next segment. Be right back, folks. When God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all. At a time when global tyranny threatens us, as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. 
All right, healers, welcome back. I want to read some more excerpts from this book. Again, the book we're reading from is Application of Quantum Dots in Biology and Medicine, Recent Advances, published in 2022 by Springer. All right, so a couple things here. Uh, In the past 30 years, the development of colloidal synthesis techniques modifies the electrical, optical, magnetic, and chemical properties of quantum dots compared to their bulk counterparts enabling enormous technological applications and cultivating fundamental scientific knowledge. Quantum dots are nanocrystals with dimensions less than exciton four radius in three spatial dimensions. Effectively, what that does, folks, is it gives quantum dots the ability to steal electrons and hold them in their, uh, in their um, orbit, if you will. Okay. One of the things that they say in here, however, and I quote, the biotoxicity, solubility, and blinking properties have been criticized. You got that? Strike one up for Dr. Anna Malasia, right? Now, one of the things that is so important here is that quantum dots are highly toxic, okay? To make them more accepted by the cell, they can be coated with things the cell likes, minerals that the cell likes, like selenium, like zinc, and so forth. And of course, they can do that without modifying the semiconductive properties. So again, it's a Trojan horse. Now, one of the things that's very interesting about the um, quantum dots is that they are used in gene check technology, they are, of course, used as drug carriers. They are used as artificial in artificial photosynthesis, right? So they're trying to use these to affect our food supply. They are used in tissue engineering. These are all, I'm reading quotes here, especially ones that have graphene in them are used with in tissue engineering, reactive oxygen species generation, which means that they create free radicals that damage a cell and, of course, cancer phototherapy. They are also used in cell tracking, which means that you can be tracked and traced with these present and embedded in your tissues. Now, when we look through this a little bit more, what we see is that there are a lot of problems, as you can imagine with this, because what they have figured out is, okay, we try to use just the cadmium core, for example, this toxic core for the quantum dot. We try to use that, for example, the body's going to reject it. It's going to be immediately toxic to the cell. The cell is going to die. Done. Now, one of the things they point out is because the size of the quantum dot is so small, it can evade immune detection, even for a heavy metal. So it would take a lot of the quantum dots accumulating before an immune system would realize, hey, there's something, there's a problem here. Okay, so it's, it's a little stealth. But in order to get it into the cell, they put a shell around it. And that shell is going to act like a Trojan horse. It's going to say, hey, yeah, it looks like it's something totally fine. Let's bring it into the cell. Now, the quantum dot can be both hydrophobic, meaning doesn't like water, and hydrophilic, depending upon what they add on to the shell. And this, not surprisingly, is where 
something like polyethylene glycol or PEG comes into play. Well, guess what we saw in all the damn shots? Guess what they used? That's right. They used PEG, polyethylene glycol. That this is something that helps with the either self-assembly capability of the quantum dots and or it becoming embedded within the cell structure. But a key component and a key feature of all quantum dots, because our bodies are 70% water, is that they must be hydrophilic. They must like water at some point so that they can be distributed throughout the body. Encapsulation with phospholipids, which are fats, is one of the fundamental methods to solubilize, make more water-soluble quantum dots. Amphiphilic phospholipids overcoat the existing organic ligands where allophilic phatic, excuse me, phospholipid chains can organize within the organic ligands on the surface of quantum dots to, due to the hydrophobic interaction. So it's both hydrophobic and water-soluble. You see how they figured out how to do that? Okay. Now, when you go a little bit further into this, all right, you start to see that they don't know much. They know a great deal about how to get them into the body and about how to integrate them into the cell uh, structure. What they don't know is the cytotoxicity. And of course, if you don't ever study something, you'll never know. Where have we seen this over and over and over again, right? If you don't want to know something, you just don't look for it. Then you can say, well, more research needs to be done. Well, that would make sense if this was a novel or new technology, maybe a few years old. But if it was only a few years old, maybe it should not be widely distributed. However, with quantum dots, since the day it was first discovered in the early 1980s, Quantum dots have been utilized in a wide range of optoelectric devices and in many in vitro and in vivo, meaning in the body, imagery, single molecule tracking, labeling, therapeutic, and energy transfer-based sensing techniques. So let me ask you something. If they can track a single molecule in the body, what do you think? They, you think they can't track you? This is that same argument. They can clone a, 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 the sheep, Dolly. You think they can't clone a human being? They can genetically modify mice for studies, and it's all over their literature that they used various genetically modified mice by knocking out certain genes or adding in other genes. You really think they can't genetically modify a human? I mean, folks, you have to stop for a second and realize what they're talking about. They've been at this for decades. Remember the 80s? Yeah, that's when we went off the rails. We really went off the rails when we brought those damned Nazis into the, our country. That's a whole other story, right? So what they're saying here is that it can also be used, I'm going to read this quote, that after, after all of the normal stuff, the imaging and everything, the application of quantum dots in the biomedical uh, field was flourished exponentially in several applications, including molecular biotechnology and bioengineering, right? Otherwise known as genetic engineering. So they can, yes, you can actually embed quantum dots in the DNA and in the nucleus of the cell. All right. Crazy, right? So what happens with quantum dots 
is they create a orbit of a field around them that traps, that steals and traps electrons. And when electrons are stolen and trapped, they can't be used by the cell to launch the cascade of essential functions. The cell has to do every split second, every nanosecond to make sure that it functions alive. It's definitely going to impair that process, especially dependent upon where the quantum dot is embedded. If it's embedded in a ribosome, it's going to impact protein synthesis. If it's embedded in a mitochondria, it's going to impact energy production. If it's embedded in the DNA, it's going to impact the, the what is sent out, the instruction codes, the mRNA that the nucleus sends out to build proteins. I mean, there is no good reason for these to be so widely and really, um, I want to say, you know, cuberistically, I don't even know if that's a word, but with, you know, with so much just hubris, there's no reason for them to be used with so much hubris and no caution. And that's what's been happening. We are, we've been experimenting, we've been guinea pigs for a very long time. So it says here, the bound state of electrons and holes due to the Columbic attraction between them when the size of a semiconductor crystal quantum dot becomes comparable to the material's exciton bore radius, the electron energy level should be treated as discrete, and it is called quantum confinement. Quantum confinement in quantum dots implies that the confinement of the electron motion in all three directions of a crystalline nanoparticle. What is that? That is electron theft. Stealing electrons from the cell, they get locked into the orbit of the, of the quantum dot, and now they're not available. Electrons are not available for the cell to use to launch the whole series of cell signaling biochemical events. Now the cell isn't functioning properly, and what do we start feeling like? We start feeling like trash, and people start falling away, and what do you start seeing? The advancement of cancers, especially when you couple in the presence of plasmids and microbiome, weaponized microbiomes and spike glycoprotein production and N1-methylated pseudouridine that doesn't break down. These diabolical bastards want to introduce things to the body that really the body has a very difficult time of getting rid of and that these things have a destructive capability that still gives them plausible deniability that this isn't happening. So as people die off, as 6 billion people die off slowly, as 6 billion people develop cancer and autoimmunity and blah, God knows what else, and die off slowly over the course of a few decade, a decade plus, it's like, well, what happened? Oh, we'll just blame that on climate change, which is really geoengineering something they're doing. And that's a whole nother conversation. So the... Thing that I want to get to here, I'm going to skip ahead to sort of running out of time. There's so much to talk about. Is I want to reiterate that the quantum dots are the size of quantum dots, make them stealth to the environments to circumvent the immune system. Gee, why would you do that? Why would you want the immune system not to know what's going on? Right. But I want to bring you over to this final chapter here. Oh, here's a little thing I wanted to read for you on why they blink. After absorption of a photon by the quantum dots, so imagine an EMF field emitting a photon, right? Or light, hitting, uh, or light hitting the system. 
light hitting your body. After the absorption of a photon by the cube quantum dot, the excited electron, which is now trapped right in the in the orbit of the quantum dot, the excited electron typically goes to the bottom of excited states after a successive vibrational relaxation in a picosecond time range. Now the electron quickly re recombines with the vacancy hole in the ground state and uh, the fluorescence resulting in an emission of a photon at a time delay in the range of a nanosecond. Otherwise, the electron will go into a metastable state and relax to the ground state with a longer recombination time, microseconds, all right, two minutes. So what does this tell us? This tells us why they blink. The electron gets excited and you get, and then you get phosphorescence and then it goes back down to a ground state and that's where the light stops. And then boom, it gets excited again and you get another blink. What this tells us, and this is the key word in here, when it goes to the ground state, is that we can turn this process off by grounding ourselves. At least it suggests that. And that's one of the main things we're exploring right now. How to ground the human body rather than shield it from EMFs, how to ground the human body. And simultaneously, how to chelate, how to get these damn quantum dots and other heavy metals out of the body. So where do we go from here? Well, one of the things that I just completed, I just actually tested the liposomal EDTA developed by Dr. Group and Dr. Artis. I just did a pre and post heavy metal analysis, meaning I took a sample of urine before I took the EDTA. And then I took the EDTA at a therapeutic amount, equivalent of 50 milligrams per kiloweight, uh, per kilogram of body weight, which is a lot, it's a lot higher than we've been recommending. And I sent those two samples yesterday out to a lab to be analyzed to see how well the um, liposomal EDTA helps to get heavy metals out of the system. Okay, why? Because if we know the dosing, we can get the heavy metals out of the body. If we know how to deal with water, we can prevent the quantum dots coming in to the body. And now what that does, if we have a real healthy practice and use of our technology and a real healthy practice and use of our bodies in terms of grounding, then we give ourselves a great opportunity to withstand this horrible assault that is being thrust upon us, known as 5G and all of these stupid bioweapons and this globalist approach. But I want to leave you with this. Um, uh, there's more than enough proof um, that uh, quantum dots are going to be able to embed in the cell. In fact, there's a great article in this book called A, Toxicolog a Toxicologic Review of Quantum Dots, Recent Insights and Future Directions by Arun Guna and Debrasi Nash. Um, I want to read something from them to close this out. 
Cytotoxicity, toxicity at the cellular level is often caused by direct chemical toxicity, inflammatory reactions, or immune responses to the materials of the quantum dots. Now, this could be even severely cytotoxic, meaning full system failure. However, determination of such a threshold is extremely difficult for systemic immune toxicity as it depends on the individual material properties, dosage, implantation location, and due to their intrinsic properties, nanoparticles or quantum dots are commonly used in various areas like electronics, photo, photovolactics, cat, catalysts, uh, catalysis, excuse me, engineering, cosmetics, therapy, medicine, pharmacy. However, a complete risk assessment arising from quantum dots is still in its infancy stage. Freaking 40 plus years later, it's still in its infancy stage due to the lack of knowledge of all the relevant toxicological mechanisms for all quantum dots. If you don't want to know something, don't look. The leading portals of entry for nanoparticles or quantum dots are the respiratory, you can breathe them in, digestive, ocular, they can get in through your eyes, cutaneous, they can get in through your skin, and direct injections into the blood circulation of the human body. They do form and release reactive oxygen species, meaning free radicals, and they do specifically have consequences, pathological consequences, such as lipid peroxidation, protein damage, deactivation of enzymatic activities, and here you go, folks, DNA modification, and prolonged pro-inflammatory processes. So what does this tell us? This tells us that they know exactly what they're doing, healers. They know exactly what they're doing. But if this sounds safe to you, then go ahead and go along with it. Doesn't sound safe to me. In summary, the most common mechanism of nanoparticle quantum dot cytotoxicity are the following. Oxidation and the formation of free radicals and cell membrane damage, damage to the cytoskeleton of the cell, which leads to disruption in intercellular transport and cell division, affecting transcription and damaging the DNA, accelerating mutagenesis, harming mitochondria and hence metabolism, causing cell energy imbalance restrict the formation of lysosomes, thus hindering autophagocytosis and the body's innate ability to heal, degradation of macromolecules and triggering pre-programmed cell death, and finally, affecting standard mechanisms of cell metabolism, protein synthesis, and via formation of inflammatory mediators. I say to you all, aloha and adios.